Fuck it, we'll do it live. Episode 85 of Fractured Skulls. I'm Terminator Travis. My co-host name is Monoxide. It is May 3rd, 2022. How are you doing this fine evening, sir? Fuck it, we'll do it live! We'll do it live! I'm alright. Can't complain. Well, I'm going to complain later because we got two movies to discuss. Could have been one, but you suggested we had to do another. Well, yeah, because the one you suggested was not good enough to of a, of a single episode to discuss. I said, no, we need another movie to help carry this weight. You don't know this that. This movie ain't going to do it. You don't know that. Yeah, well, we'll find out once we get to it. Exactly. See, you're assuming. You're making an ass out of you and me. But first things first, we got some new stories. We don't have much. We only got two today. Hopefully, you know, in the next episode we get a few more. We'll try to do at least three. But we'll do two, since we only got two. And our first news stories, we already mentioned um, Warner Bros. Discovery in our last episode or two ago. About them focusing on uh, DC. That seems to be the main priority right now. Um, there was also another news, uh, another story regarding that. that They're going to be looking over all of their scripted shows that they are funding. So not just DC, but shows on TBS, TNT, uh, True TV... And really, just, they're just looking at all their television properties, it seems, like at the moment. And since then, they have canceled The Last OG. That was a show with Tracy Morgan. I believe Tiffany Haddish was on there for a bit. But I think she left the show to pursue a full-time movie career. Um, they canceled Batwoman. Thank hmm. God. And they canceled Legends of Tomorrow. <clears throat> okay. I'll let you take the floor here, but I do got to ask you the question. Because you're not the only person that made that comment. What was it about Batwoman that was so bad? And before you answer that, I want to take a guess. Is it because it was all about smashing the patriarchy and fighting for women's rights and all that stuff? Yes, they did everything that these shows started to do once Donald Trump sat in the White House. I remember Arrow did an episode about um, anti-gun uh, gun rights or gun laws or whatever. I'm like, is Arrow really the platform to discuss about these issues? Yeah. It, it's they, a superhero show. Why are we getting political? Dude, that's not the only thing. Mortal Kombat 11 tried to portray Shao Kahn as fucking Donald Trump by saying we're going to make uh, Outworld great again. Oh, God. <laughs> that is so cliche now because they always say we're going to make, insert city name here, great again. I'm Dude. so fucking sick of that. They did that well, Batman as well. Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump really came up... I mean, in the end, he came up with something powerful because now everybody wants to parody it, but that's besides the point. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, listen. The, the saying, go woke, go broke, is a reality. Disney's starting to realize this. Even the most powerful fucking company in the world starting to realize this after Florida decided <clears throat> to get rid of their tax-exempt. I think it was a tax exempt, right? Like they they pulled out from giving them a tax exempt because for a long time they had that. So because they knew that Disney was going to be the stopping point for people to want to go to Orlando in the first place or travel there. Disney, that's like when you think of Orlando or when you think even think of Florida, you think Disney. Yep. So they're like, well, if you're going to promote gay lgbtq rstl uv in our in your products that are made for kids 
then we're just gonna be like, no, nah, we're not funding you no more. And now they're starting to realize the impact. It's like, yeah. we're, listen, the woke crowd, they're very, 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 very vocal. They're very, 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 very loud. And for whatever reason, they have a lot of fucking influence. But it's not as many people as you think it is. Because as soon as something goes woke, it goes fucking broke. Remember that tea? I think it was a tea joint or a coffee joint. Where it was going to be all about women's empowerment. So men were going to be taxed more than women. Because the whole 77 cents to a dollar thing. And wouldn't you know, within a year, the fucking place closed down. Because not only are guys not going to go to that place because they're going to be charged more than a woman, but a woman's not going to go to that place because now they can't take their guys there because they're going to have to spend more. When did you know so, who won the pony? Yeah. So. And I know Colorado, I'm sorry, Colorado has made an offer to Disney to move their Disney World over oh, to yeah. their state if things still go south of Florida. I don't see that ever happening. It's like how many acres of land that they have yeah, they, over there? They offered as many acres as they wanted to uh, Disney. They Okay. Because they, they realized if we get Disney or Colorado, that's a huge tourist attraction. But here's a problem. Yeah. It fucking snows in Colorado. Not only that, how far is Colorado from California again? Yeah. They're and like they Disney, Disneyland over there, too. Yeah, they got a Disneyland. That's the point I was trying to make here. I mean, granted, it's not as big as the one in, in Florida. Colorado, it's like right next to Nevada. Yeah, so they're only like two states apart. Yeah, and the big thing with Disney World and Disneyland is that these places are warm. Yeah, and a nice warm climate. Okay, sure, it rains in Florida, but it rains like five minutes. I, I go to Orlando all the time, and it rains like a total of five minutes, and then it just goes away, and it's sunny again. Florida's a great fucking state to... Have a theme park. We have a yep. theme park here in Jersey. Well, we have two of them. We have Six Flags and we've got uh, American Dream. American Dream's in a building. Why? Because it can run all year round without the worry of, of rain or snow or whatever. But it's still not going to match up to the fact that Disney and Universal. Have it. And not only that, Disney's an established theme park over there. Like, yeah. for how long? That's, years? that's their identity, practically. Yeah. Like, if they move to Colorado, that's not going to help Disney in any way. It may help Colorado, but it ain't going to help Disney. No, nah, they ain't going to do it. It's that, I, that's something. Florida, they're going to have to put their fucking differences aside. They're going to make a deal. I I don't see that ever happening with Disney going to Colorado. I, I had this discussion with my father. That'll never happen. <laughs> I don't care what Colorado offers them. They can offer them the whole the entire fucking state. They ain't going over there. <laughs> no. Because how's that going to benefit them? As you mentioned, it benefits Colorado. It'll increase their tourist attraction. Great. But what, yeah. what does Disney get out of this? Yeah, Disney doesn't get anything. And and plus, you got... How, how are the people that go there going to feel who have no stake in this in this fight? And, then, and I'm talking about Florida residents who probably don't have a stake in that fight to begin with. Then on top of that, this isn't even the first time that Disney just blundered. I may have said this on the podcast before. I'm not sure. Somebody can remind me. But Disney had the perfect opportunity for having Harry Potter in their theme park. 
they would have had a whole Harry Potter thing. The problem was they didn't want to give J.K. Rowling, another enemy of the uh, the woke crowd, they didn't want to give her 100% creative control into how she designed everything at their park. So she was like, well, no, I want 100% creative control. They were like, nope, we're not giving it to you. All right, we'll go a separate ways. As soon as she walked away, Universal kind of like tiptoed and heard the news and was like tapping her on her shoulder. Oh, you need an area to build your theme park for Harry Potter? Well, we got some space for you right here. You want 100% creative control? Knock yourself out. Make it as much as you want. And guess what? It is one of the most accurate depictions of Hogwarts you'll ever see. It's... So Disney's not incapable of making boneheaded decisions. This is a boneheaded decision to try and battle the state of Florida, which at this point, they, as we're seeing, because their numbers are blundering, that Florida's winning this battle. I actually, I, I didn't know about that Disney story. Disney originally went to her first for Universal, then the whole crew. Well, no, I, I don't know who went to who first, but I know the reason it never happened was because they weren't going to give her a creative control. They weren't going to give her full freedom to go ahead and be like, okay, I want this, 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 this. But Universal did, and I think it was the best decision because it literally looks like Hogwarts or... Well, no, the two-section is Hogwarts made and Diagon Alley. And they look exactly how they're supposed to be. They feel how they're supposed to be. They smell the, 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 the appearance. I don't think Disney would have done it. They would have done a section of it justice, but not the way that Universal did. It's literally, at this point, it's Universal's bread and butter because now Epic Universe is opening up and they're gonna have not just Nintendo World, but another section of Harry Potter over there. Yeah, it's a franchise. I don't see them ever. Uh, they're always, they're always going to revisit that franchise. Um, well, I mean, WB I believe owns the film rights to the movies. So even Fantastic Beast movies don't do as well. I heard the last one didn't do well financially wise, but they'll probably still keep going in some capacity. I heard rumors that they may want to do a, a series, basically remaking all the movies into. Um, I guess each season they'll focus on a book. Mm-hmm. Whatever, ever go through with it, who knows. I mean, he could, but I think the movies did the stories well. You don't have to be retell them. Yeah, but you know how Hollywood is. Well, well yeah, that's definitely true, especially within the last 20 years, all remakes. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the era we live in. I mean, nostalgia does draw. I mean, we have a lot of films that take place in the 80s. Soon we're going to get a lot more 90s uh, theme movies, theme films. Can't uh, we just like, can't they just take a, a, a note from Jason X's book? Even if you can't create a quality movie, create something stupid. Something stupid I can sink my teeth into, like Jason X. <laughs> I don't think Jason X is the right format. No, this, it's this the is perfect format. Shut up. It is the perfect format, okay? Don't create another Michael Myers film. Have him in space in the future. Sure. I mean, we did it with Jason. We did it with Leprechaun. Yeah, uh, now we do it with I Michael. Think they did it with, I think they did it with Pinhead Hellraiser, too, at one point. One of those movies. So, we just need Michael. I mean, Freddy, I don't know how you do that, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but... As as I was saying with these shows, uh, Batwoman got cancelled. Um, yeah, Batwoman, they use that show address. The thing is, um, the, the whole... The Arrowverse, I guess you can say, call it. 
Arrow, The Flash, Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, Superman and Lois. They may have a few others. Black Lightning, that show recently ended a couple years ago. Oh, that show was alright. I felt mm-hmm. it never kicked into full gear. Okay. Like, like sitting there waiting, alright. When is it? It's, it's gonna get good. It's gonna get good. It's gonna get better. It just it just never got there. And it just ended. It was just like, ah, oh, well, I mean, it was alright. Batwoman, I the show lasted three seasons. I gave up six episodes into the first season. Uh, the writing was terrible. I noticed there's a there's a big theme where every time when they introduce a uh, a villain of the season, when it's a big villain, they always gotta be like some distant relative. Oh my god, that's my sister. That's my second cousin. Because how how how's the how are they gonna connect? What's the connection? Not good writing. Okay, I just it just feels like such a cheap way out. Make mm. them a relative because it's like now there's that instant connection. Imagine they would have made Christian Belt Heath Ledger like brother, like two brothers. Oh my god, that's my brother. It's like really, <laughs> that's the way we're going with this. So it's almost like an M Night Shyamalan fiasco. So yeah, um. Let's see. Batwoman starred Ruby Rose in the beginning. Uh, Ruby Rose got her fame off of Orange is the New Black. Yes. Um, a lot of people had a huge crush on her. I never did. She's just not my type. Um, one of my biggest issues when they cast her is that Ruby Rose is not big. She's a very small woman. So it's very hard for me to believe that she, that's Batwoman. She could, like, you know, fight criminals and knock people out. I... I have a hard time buying that when they cast a lot of these actresses to be like badasses, because I, I I just I just can't buy it. Now, if you were to cast like a Shayna Baszler, okay, I can buy that. Well, what about um when Zoe Kravitz did Catwoman? I she was fine. I can buy certain actresses. I could buy um Michelle Pfeiffer. But I think I Zoe like- Kravitz is smaller than. Yeah, she's like 5'2". Um, were there any scenes where she had to fight guys? I mean, she did have a whip, at least. Well, okay. To be fair, I don't know what Ruby Rose had in... Um, no, no. There were scenes where she was just... It was just her, like, fist-fighting guys. It was like, all right, come on. (laughs) Give her a gun. Give her a gun. At least she'll have a chance. Oh, a whip. Yeah, that would make more sense. Well, not Ruby Rose. She's battling. Mm. Shit, I forgot. Yeah, I'm getting Batwoman and Catwoman. So, um. Um, but the story was that uh, Bruce Wayne was gone for like what three years or a few years, and there was no Batman. And uh, Ruby Rose played Bruce Wayne's cousin, and I believe in a pilot episode. I, I don't know if she knew that he was Batman, but somehow she found out that he was Batman, and she put on the suit. And in the trailer, this got a lot of heat on the show, and um. Uh, Lucius Fox, you remember Morgan Freeman's character, Lucius Fox? Yes. Uh, in the show, the Lucius Fox character is now played by the son of Lucius Fox. He's now basically doing his father's job, and he designed the bat suit. And she saw it, and he was like, "Oh, she's like, oh well, this bat suit needs a lot of work on." And he says, "No, the the suit is perfect." And she said, "It will be when it fits a woman." Oh, that got so much heat. <laughs> I feel like, oh my god. Here we go again with CW pushing their message about, you know, pro-woman, they're so powerful and all that shit. They edit that scene out of the show. That scene was in the original trailer and they took it out of the show. Mm. 
People are like, Jill, she's like a facepalm. Oh, God, here we go again. But uh, at the end of the first season, Ruby Rose quit the show. Uh, turns out she got injured a lot filming the show. What a surprise. And within a week, there were times where she needed like to take a week off or a week longer to heal up. And the producers wanted her back on like almost immediately to keep filming more scenes so they could get the show out. Yeah. Oh, so, and that's that turns out the reason she quit the show. So they casted another actress. By the way, the character Ruby Rose, uh, her character is a lesbian. She's gay. Oh, she, wow! Picking so, <laughs> all the boxes here. Yeah, we were checking everything. So they uh, had to get a replacement for her character, and they ended up recasting her anyway. But her character was no longer the main female lead of the show. They got this other actress, and surprise, surprise, this other character just happens to be gay too. And basically, she took over Ruby Rose's, her character's life. She took her woman. She started being more involved in the family than uh, Ruby Rose's character was. And her and Ruby Rose's character was, was just a side character at that point. And they ended up recasting her. So why did they just use the recastment as the main lead instead of just creating a whole new character? I don't know. Long story short, the show got canceled after three seasons. I've seen some reviews. Everyone hated the show. I don't know. And the show went as long as it did. I think it's just because it got the network publicity, whether it be for good or bad. If it was CW's choice, they probably would have kept the show going. But Discovery's like, eh, eh, I don't think so. Enough of this shit. They're spending yeah. money not getting back their investment. But this is what happens when you try to cater to that fucking small demographic. That demographic that's not even going to watch your show to begin with. It's like when, um, there was a lot of people that lost their shit. When the Joker, there was a comic strip where the cover was supposed to be the Joker with a like a tooth-filled grin, his usual grin, and he's got his arm around Batgirl, and he's holding a gun, and his other hand, he put a smile on her face while she's crying, and it was like, oh my god, that's like the worst thing ever. Like, really? The Joker shooting... The original bad girl in the stomach and making her oracle wasn't as bad as this. Oh, and people just have their priorities in such a weird way. I mean, it. And and here's the other thing. Like, look, I have no problems whatsoever with your sexuality, but. You're not going to get a, a lot of the male demographic into your show if the main lead, who's supposed to be an attractive woman, is gay. Let me tell you something. This is just coming from me as a straight guy, and maybe this is just me personally. I don't care how attractive a woman is. The second I find out she's gay, I'm no longer interested. Because, like, I can't fantasize about being with that woman. Because I know I have no chance in hell. I may have no chance in hell with the woman, even if she's straight, but there's way more of a possibility of me getting to bang the straight girl than it is the, the gay girl. Because the gay girls aren't going to want any uh, any of what I provide. So, making the lead gay is just like, no, that's assuming the male audience ain't gonna watch that because it's like oh well now i have no chance so there's something it's it's a weird fantasy thing that you're basically trying to kill off but you what you need to be doing is tapping into it's the way i see it so with me i don't care if the main character is gay straight i just want a good quality show that's all well, i want that's your, 
I guess the other point should be that don't drill it into our fucking heads this character's that's, gay. That's the reason they make they make these decisions. Not to add to the story, just a sudden... They just want to address these freaking social commentary of a superhero show. I, I watch these shows and get away from that. Not address it. Yeah, and then... What was the it? Think of this. I just and then, the show. And then on Arthur, they made Mr. Ratburn gay. He married another man. It was like super late into the show. They made um like there was that big stink because they didn't make Bert and Ernie gay, two preschool puppets. Like it, 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 I'm just gonna say this: if that's what you're fighting for, if we're fighting for characters having to be gay on preschool television shows, guess what? You've already won because now the worst thing that you can complain about is that two preschool puppets aren't fucking gay on a show. Unbelievable. And not only that, preschool puppets that were established many years ago as just being friends. Just saying. But yeah, these these shows are are you know the Arrowverse the Arrowverse is not looking good. Arrow's done. Black Lightning's done. Supergirl already wrapped up their last season. Another show that that you know a lot of check marks on what they they use that show to address all its issues on. But you know that shows. Uh, but at least Supergirl got to wrap up. So they got to have their finale. Batwoman ain't gonna have theirs. Legends of Tomorrow's not gonna have theirs. Um, Flash is hiding somewhere. He doesn't want to get canceled yet. But I think I, but I know Flash was is like the highest rated show of the superhero shows, and probably one of the highest rated shows on the network. So if they do end up wrapping. At least they may get a season finale to wrap up their storyline. I don't know what's gonna happen with Superman and Lois. Um, I guess I know that show's being funded by HBO Max. So I wouldn't be surprised if either they pull that show and they have it exclusively exclusively on HBO Max, or if they just cancel it as a whole and they just start over, because I because that's what Discovery seems to be doing. Um, they closed down their CNN uh, Plus app. Oh really? yeah, I heard. Well, people really subscribe to that. <laughs> I heard like they spent over three hundred million dollars on this app and only ten thousand subscribed, and. It was like, wait, nobody wants to even watch your shit for free, yet you are asking people to pay for a shit that they don't even want for free. I've always referred to CNN as completely nonsensical news, because that's all they provide. They they provide us nothing but guys like Don Lemon, who never make any sense whatsoever. Like, a quote from Don Lemon himself. We need to stop. What was it? We need to stop discriminating or stop hating on people, and understand that this is all white men. Like he he says, we need to stop discriminating, but it's all white men that are causing the problems in this country. Okay. And you got Brian Stelter over there, who looks like he's fifty-five, but he's actually only thirty-five. Who is? like now craving for the new Donald Trump since he's no longer in office so now he calls Tucker Carlson the current Donald Trump ah CNN is just uh, I don't know I don't know how anybody can watch CNN and think that their news source is credible at all um I know Discovery is closing down their app as well or at least they're going to combine it with HBO Max or probably do the same with CNN just put it all together in one big HBO Max bubble. Yeah. 
and that's really all the discovery stuff I have to for now. And at least from what I know, they're actually pretty satisfied with AEW. Okay, that's good. So, Hopefully, they don't change anything there. Yeah, I mean, from from what I hear, they want to give a they want to do another give AEW another hour of a new show. Don't oversaturate it, dude. Don't be I, like, dude. That's. And from what I read, it was supposed to be a reality show. I was like, God damn it. I was hoping that would have been the ROH show that uh, Con, Tony Khan wants to do. Uh-huh. With Ring of Honor, that's still up in the air what's going to be happening with that. He says, you know, he wants to get them another show, but I mean, saying and then it actually happened are two different things. Correct. And he, he features them a lot on TV, but there's really no introduction on what Ring of Honor is. What this title is? What what is a, a pure championship? What does that mean? Uh, that's just what well, I mean. I, I can, I'm not gonna say you critique AEW all day because this is a horror podcast. But I just wish uh, AEW would at least make more video packs highlighting what Ring of Honor is, why it means so much to some guys, and what these titles are, and what's what. A, ba- a basic introduction of what Ring of Honor is to a bigger audience. Because again, only the diehards are gonna know what that is, and then you know. And our second news story, we have another Walking Dead spinoff. Oh, whoopee. Focusing on Carol and Daryl. Sure, I didn't realize they... I stopped watching The Walking Dead a long time ago. Um, To me, that show ran its course with me. I know they did a lot of spinoff shows since then. I know they had Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, I feel like there's another spinoff show in there somewhere. I think Negan and um, uh, Megan... Are so sad Megan, Maggie. Are so sad their own show, or if they already have one, I don't know. Um, I I think they're supposed to be doing a Walking Dead movie as well with Rick returning. I don't know. I'm I'm so confused with this timeline. (laughs) I'm just like, at some point, are you going to explain what happened? Like. Is there any explanation to this virus whatsoever? Well, yeah, they never explain how this whole outbreak happened. The only thing they know is I think it's it's airborne. That everybody has it. Like, everybody's infected, meaning that <clears throat> you may not die. Like, 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 you'll be there healthy, but you still have it in your system to where when your time comes, when you're, you're, you die, you're going to be one of them. Yeah, so and if you get bit, if you get bitten by a walker, you'll it'll increase your, you'll become a zombie a lot faster. Unless you could cut that body part off. Before yes. It yeah. So it's airborne, but it's not in your, I guess, your bloodstream for yeah, uh, I, or something like that. I stopped watching when Carl died. I just was like, okay, enough of this show. I'm done. Like I, I was watching it here and there. But for the most part, I'm just like, I, I'm over this show. Just get it off. I'm done. I think at one point, AMC had that show. They had Breaking Bad. And they had, um, what the hell's the name of that other show? Uh, I know it's a it's a show everyone's wearing suits. God damn it. I just blanked on it. They're called Saul? No, not, no. John Hamm's in the show. Yeah, you got me. Ah, damn it. I totally forgot the name of the show. But they had three high-rated quality shows. And Breaking Bad and that show, you know, wrapped up their seasons. Better Call Saul, view it's great, but it's not. I don't think it's not on the popularity that Breaking Bad was. But Better Call Saul is still an excellent show. Yes. But you still have Walking Dead, 
it's just going and going. I understand, you know, it's very popular, but I don't know. I just feel like the magic's gone with that show. You know, it's 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 overstated. It's welcome. Oh God, by a long mile. <clears throat> it's not getting any better for me. Yeah. It's not getting any better, and the network seems like they're not stopping anytime soon. I mean, they're stopping with The Walking Dead. Why about all these other spinoff titles? I don't know. Have fun with it. I ain't gonna pay attention to it. Yeah, I don't see myself ever getting back into it. Unless it all stops and I really get bored and I just wonder, ah, oh, whatever happened after season 9 of The Walking Dead? Oh, that character. What was his name again? Oh, he debuted way after I started watching. Okay. Let me get interested, or try to. Let me try to. Let me watch some re- YouTube recap videos of the last seasons. Like, I don't feel like sitting through 13 episodes a season again. Just yeah, kept... But yeah, that's all the new stories we got. And yes, we sir. Have, yeah, we might as well get into our first film. This was a film of your choice. It is called The Ginger Dead Man. Yes. <sighs> Stars Gary Busey. It's, it's, it's a two-pack of ass. Anyways, this film... This came out 2005, directed by Charles Band. He's like another Roger Corman. Does a lot of these B, C-rated films. Stars Gary Busey as the... Um, well, think of Jack Frost. The storyline's exactly the same. Except he doesn't come back as a snowman, comes back as a fucking gingerbread cookie. <laughs> and a cookie is putting it loosely. It's literally a puppet. Um, <laughs> and... It's weird because you don't see him die because he dies from a, the the electric chair because everything he, happens off screen. Yeah, he, he went into a diner and just shot up the place for what reason? I don't know. Was his motive ever explained? Why he just went into that diner to shoot people? Um, I thought he was robbing them. I could be wrong. Right, but he was obviously even more twisted than that because he killed almost everybody there. But um, yeah. He kills everybody but the girl who um, had her brother and I think her father there that were consequently killed in that whole debacle. And so the guy that was trying to kill everybody gets caught and is executed. And uh, they cremated him. All this happens off screen. Yeah, and somehow the ashes made its way to this bakery and someone's blood poured all over the ashes and the girl that worked there made these ashes into the cookie batter along with the blood and was able to bring this fucking cookie to life that happened to be this guy who not once questioned hey i'm a fucking cookie now just embraced it the second he became a cookie um and yeah the rest of the movie is just the cookie killing people and them trying to escape. And and the setting, it it takes place in this bakery, and that's where the whole film, where 95% of the film just takes place inside this boring bakery shop. The setting, nothing exciting about this setting at all. Uh, this, this had so much potential. This movie had so much potential to be something so epic for my taste, and it just... It was boring. I I thought it. I know you went into this thinking it'd be it would be like Killer Pinata. I went into this thinking maybe it'd be more like Jack Frost in a good way, at least. 
Mm-hmm. Give, me, give me something. At least uh, at least in Avena Part 2. Because at least Jack Frost 2 had more life to it than the first one. Yeah. And we it was it was worse than Jack Frost. Yeah, it was very boring. There wasn't a lot of like real laning jokes. Like the one thing I, I, I was aiming for that they it seemed like they were was they were just letting the actual scenes be the comedy. But it just didn't hit right. Like they, the the one thing they weren't slamming in your face was constant jokes and constant humor. That's the only thing it got right. But it just didn't execute it properly. It, it didn't do it like um, another comedy movie that we loved. Well, I, I, hold up, let me speak for myself. One movie that we don't talk about a lot, but I remember being like, "This is one of the greatest ever." Is Slacks, Killer Pants. That was epic. Because again, the movie sold itself. It's fucking killer pants. Um, this fell into the line of killer sofa, where the idea just on paper should have been, it's an outrageous film you don't take seriously. But then in the end, it tried to take itself too seriously. Now in, in Gingerbread, Ginger Dead Man's case, I don't know if that's really the case. It's just that it didn't hit right. None of it hit right. I mean... The gingerbread man looked cool, corny as shit, which is great. But that was it. That's all it was. And just, it was just nonstop, just ginger dead man hits somebody in the face with a knife, cuts somebody's fingers off. Um, people trying to wonder if what they saw was real. And then one character from the beginning of the film comes out later and rips the ginger dead man's cookie, the fucking head and then he becomes possessed or some shit yeah, and they put that, how the hell did that work i don't know maybe he ate the ashes of that person and infested inside him i don't know yeah sure and 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 keep this in mind there's sequels to this film yeah i i'm look it was made under the company of full moon productions again they made their they make a lot of cheesy b-rated films their first film they did was puppet master which is actually pretty good. Uh, it's currently uh, streaming. It was on HBO Max. It's currently streaming on Shudder. That's probably their best film, honestly. Um, they, of course, they made a shitload of Puppet Master sequels. They did Demonic Toys. Um, uh, Castle Freak, which is uh, uh, probably one of their few gems on here. I thought Castle Freak was pretty good. Um, and really, that's and since then, 2000 through now, they just make a lot of these cheesy B-rated, C-rated films. Ginger Dead Man being one of them. Evil Bong. Evil Bong meets Ginger Dead Man. Oh my god. Hmm. So, Evil Puppet Bong. Master X. Evil Bong sounds so awesome, but since you told me it's made by the same people who made this, I don't know if I want to watch it. Evil Bong 666. Evil Bong 777. As of recently, they have a new film out, Attack of the 50-Foot Cam Girl. And Evil Bong 888. Okay. And Gary Busey was offered fifteen thousand to star in this movie, and he accepted. Why? I, I mean, well, I don't know what was Gary Busey doing by two thousand five at that point. I know he had. I think he was in a motorcycle accident, which is why he kind of is the way he is now. And the okay. way he does that because that he never really he was never the same after that accident. Cause it did a lot of head damage or brain damage to him. Because prior to that, people need, need to realize Gary Busey was an Academy Award nominated actor. He played Buddy Holly in a Buddy Holly story. 
And he was a great buddy, Holly. And in the in the late 80s, early 90s, he did a lot of action thriller films. He was always kind of like the bad guy. And he was great in those movies. Predator mm-hmm. 2, Point Break. Um, fuck, I'm Blake. I know he's done other movies. Lethal Weapon. So he's done quite a bit. Yeah, oh yeah. He was great in like that early uh, time period. Then he had his accident and he was never really the same after that. Unfortunately, because Gary Busey was a great actor. Hmm. But that was him at his prime. And so, he was he was he, he was always the highlights of those movies. And just somewhere along the way he fell off. Yeah, he uh, he had his accident. And now people kinda think you know, he's he always kinda acts a little goofy and wacky, but that's because of the effects. He was never the same guy, but you know. It's sad. Right. It's un- it's unfortunate because he really Gary Busey was a talent. If you watch his stuff, especially the Buddy Holly movie, he was he was excellent in that. Oh, oh no. this film, I kind of he was in the movie just to be getting that was it. Yeah, because after that he gets executed and then becomes the cookie. Yeah, and he just and at that point he's just, just he probably he just sits in the studio for like an hour, says his lines, and he goes home. Man, that's all you could really do, I guess. Yeah. And that's uh, this film. Um, no other notable actors in this film stand out or none that look familiar or, you know, maybe yeah, start small and work their way up. Nothing about this movie stood out other than the, the killer itself, the cookie. Because otherwise it wasn't really, again, the humor just didn't hit right. No, the humor wasn't there. The jokes weren't there. Nothing was there. The horror wasn't there. The slasher wasn't there. The comedy wasn't there. Nothing was there. It was pretty boring. I wish it would have been better. I was hoping for more. I mean, at least the movie, the movie's a little over an hour. So it wasn't that long. It felt longer than it was. Way longer. So I'm just sitting there like, oh, God, when is this over? Yeah, I was kind of feeling the same way. Um, well, look, we all make mistakes. It got to the point where the next movie that we're about to review, I had to wait a couple of days before watching it because I was that burned out from watching Ginger Dead Man. Yeah, because I, I worked that day. I came home, I put this movie on, I was eating. I was like, maybe, you know, well, there's a gem here somewhere. Maybe, maybe it'll be like Lamageddon. Surprise me. Another no. Yeah, Lamageddon was another one that was so corny as shit, but it, it executed all the jokes right. Yeah, and Lamageddon was better than this? Way better. Come on. Lamageddon. An evil alien llama. Think <laughs> it ain't better than that, man. I mean, for, for such a short film, I had such a hard time watching it. Yeah. I was very distracted by everything around me. Well, that's that. This was a swing and a miss. Two thumbs way down for me. Don't waste your time. Don't bother. Skip it. Yeah. It's not even like it was bad, bad. It was just forgettable. Very forgettable. Very boring. Mm-hmm. And now we get to our second film. This was the one I picked out. Silent Rage. Came out in 1982. It's a action crime neo-noir science fiction slasher film. Try saying that five times fast. I, I would put quotations around slasher because it's not really a slasher film, but it's in that vein and in that style, especially in the time period 1982. Slasher films were really at its ultimate peak. If, if you guys ever want to know what it would be like if to witness Jason Voorhees or the Frankenstein monster or even Michael Myers fighting Chuck Norris, well, here's your opportunity. Silent Rage. Yeah, 
Chuck Norris in a slasher film. Never would have thought I'd see it. So, uh, have, you ever, have you ever seen a Chuck Norris film? Not counting the Expendables. I not film. I just watched him in Walker, Texas Ranger. So, so it is your first ever film exposure to Chuck Norris. And probably the last of this kind because I don't think he ever did any slasher films after this. Because I had read somewhere that the director wanted to do a sequel, but Chuck Norris just didn't seem interested. But whatever. Well, yeah, this was definitely because by this point, Chuck Norris already made five films. All action movies. Fairly successful. Because he was still a name. And really, he has to thank Bruce Lee for that because Bruce Lee kind of was the one that got him into films. Because at the right. time, Bruce Lee made, um, what was it, Way of the Dragon? Of course, he had that famous scene where he fought Chuck Norris in the um, uh, the Coliseum. Yeah. And, and for that uh, for that casting, he says, I want to fight the best fighter, you know, in the United States. And at the time, Chuck Norris was the number one fighter because he won a tournament. And basically, that's how he got the part. And that was really the only film he was ever the bad guy. And of course, they had their classic fight scene. And you know, Bruce Lee says, "I want to, I want to, I want your best, and I want to beat him." That was, that was basically it. Hmm. And and Norris and Bruce Lee became very good friends. Yeah, up until Bruce Lee unfortunately passed away. But um, so this movie. Well, it starts off with a man by the name of Brian Libby that just goes off on a random mental breakdown. John Kirby. Well, the character's name is Brian Libby. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. John Kirby is the character name. Brian Libby is the actor name. Yes. Okay. So, John Kirby um, is going on a mental breakdown for some reason. I don't know what house he's in, but yeah, he just ends up like grabbing an axe and just starts killing everybody, just sla- slaughtering everyone up until the point where uh, the police are called. Chuck Norris's character being one of them, and then the fat dude that's with him. So yes, yeah, that is uh, the actor Stephen First. He was Flounder in uh, Animal House. Okay. So yeah, Stephen first and Chuck Norris go in. Chuck Norris goes in and then the guy is still going on a rampage just trying to kill everything he sees. Tries to escape, but they eventually arrest him. And they put him in the cop car after a big struggle. And then all of a sudden Kirby somehow is so strong he can break the, uh, the handcuffs, get out, and still be able to outwit the cops to where they shot him. But he was in critical condition, so he wasn't dead yet. So, going on, uh, there, there's these scientists that are working on him, and this one scientist in particular wants to try this drug that can make him indestructible. Not indestructible, but heal very quickly. And it's like, if you're going to test this on a human, why test it on a human that just went on a murderous rampage? Why? So cliche. Besides that, uh, we understand that Sheriff Dan Daniels, or Daniel Dan Stevens, excuse me, <laughs> is, yeah, it's, it's one of those nights, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very exhausted. Um, 
he had a relationship with uh, one of the doctor's sisters at some point, and then uh, they kind of rekindle that. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, they have some side plots in this film. You have that. You have the scene where um, he fights off this biker gang, of course, because it's a Chuck Norris movie. Yeah, yes, all by yes, himself. Yes, a roundhouse kick to somebody. All by himself. Yep, all by himself. So yeah, you have his little goofy uh, deputy sidekick, of course, is Flounder. Um, that's that's really the little side plot that kind of helps. I guess it's, I guess you say it's filler to while the main plot of this psychopath who eventually recovers from his like the, the experiment they had on him was successful but of course as you mentioned he's a maniac so of course he goes on a killing spree he kills yeah. off he kills off his doctor because his doctor even said like he's a maniac and i don't want him alive yeah because he was afraid of what he could do as indestructible and in the rest of the film yeah as we just mentioned it's just built into that side plot and this guy Goes off, kills all the doctors that worked on him. He killed the one doctor that didn't want this experiment to continue. Went to his house. I think he strangled him or whatever. He killed his wife. Goes back to the hospital. He kills the one doctor by taking the one drug that he uses to put people to sleep. Like, he actually used it to try and put Kirby to sleep. And Kirby just was like, mm-mm. And then Kirby, it didn't kill him. So then Kirby um, gets back up and uh injects it to that doctor in the neck then the main guy that pretty much was the founder of this experiment was remarked by the whole thing wanted to hug kirby but then kirby just snapped his neck it was almost like the doctor frankenstein trying to control his monster yeah and he couldn't so this guy just basically goes off He's now he's now on a rampage. He um kills he kills off Flounder, the deputy with a bear hug. Dude, he kills everybody in like such weird ways. Well, that's why I say it's not really a slash film because he doesn't have a knife or or a machete or a cleaver. He just uses his bare hands. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. And then the, the final fight is just uh, Dan Stevens and. John Kirby having this big fight fight scene with a well that Dan just throws Kirby into and Dan and his girlfriend I think it was Allison just basically walk off and then you see into the well that freaking uh, John Kirby just comes out of nowhere just like blasts up to give the illusion that the, uh, he's not dead very similar <laughs> to like Friday 13 you know at the end with the boat Jason pulling the girl into the water. Mm-hmm. Just that, that jump scare moment. That was it. That was that pretty was much. Rage. Yeah. That was sound rage. It was. Um. I mean, it was way better than what we saw earlier. It's definitely a much better production. But I wouldn't call this a horror film after watching it. I don't even know why it was considered one. If it is. Not like there's a lot of like suspense and stuff like that, but I wouldn't call it a horror film by any stretch. Maybe because it was 1982. So if that's the case, I can forgive it. But for the most part, it just felt more like action. There was some sci-fi here and there and suspense, but I wouldn't call it horror. Um, would you would you say the Terminator is more horror? 
even though that's not really horror, but even the Terminator kind of approached, had a very similar approach that this film did. Of course, Terminator had more money behind it. And there were scenes where it almost came off more as a slasher. And I think it just, it, it executed itself better. I think it had a better plot than Silent Rage. Mm-hmm. I didn't think uh, Silent, I mean, Silent Rage was okay. I would call it an okay film, but I wouldn't call it anything spectacular. Um, that's roughly it. Um, I guess you could call it all a, a slasher horror in a way, because some of Terminator's kills are pretty brutal. Like shooting people at, at a club. Um, I'm trying to think. He's yeah, the, the scene where he's in the apartment. We killed the boyfriend, and oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because especially that scene, I was like, oh yeah, that's really the slasher element comes in was during that part. Yeah, and then uh, brutalizing those three dudes to take their clothes, putting his fist through a dude's stomach. You thought that was pretty brutal. I wish more of the Terminator films were like that one, honestly. Yeah, well, then they but made... All the Terminator, yeah, but then they made number two, and then all the other sequels try to be like number two. Yeah, and they made Arnold into a good guy, and kind of killed that concept, so... Um, and, yeah, that was the other thing that Silent Rage did, was that once um, Kirby became... Not, I guess, indestructible, you could say. He didn't talk. He became like Michael Myers and the Terminator. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's kind of like the silent killer. Weird, but okay. he ever really spoke was during the opening intro when he called this doctor. He's like, I can't take it anymore. I guess, yeah. I guess it was the environment he was around. He's around these kids because I think he was like a roommate living in like this big house. Um, and yeah, it was just that environment. He just he just couldn't. It looked like he, he could barely sleep. Um, they never really explained his, his history of his mental illness. Yeah. Not that I know, but he was obviously on medication and it wasn't working. Either that or he didn't take it. I don't know. It was a really... It's alright. It's an okay film, but I think, yeah, Terminator took that concept and made it work much better. That's just how I feel about it. And I don't think these, these types of films are cut for Chuck Norris. He's pretty much good for, like, the Steven Seagal-type films or the Jean-Claude Van Damme films. Just go and kick some ass. Yeah, and, and, and he realized that. That's probably why he didn't agree to do a sequel. And then I'm reading here that he, his fans really didn't like the fact he was making love. Yes, this was his first... Yes, because um, um, I read filming this movie... He's never really did a... He's never done a love scene before. And hadn't done one since. So. It was, it was, it was a, this wasn't definitely... It was something different for him, this film. It was an experiment. Possibly putting him in a horror environment. What, what happens if, you know, we, we take the Halloween idea and we have him fight like, you know, a martial artist. Yeah. Except we don't have Bruce Lee, so I'll just get this random guy. Well, now Bruce Lee, so Chuck Norris is the closest we can get. Yeah. Nothing uh, against Chuck Norris. I like Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris facts, ladies and gentlemen. Of course. I still like that he uh, had that one Chuck Norris fact in The Expendables. Yeah, he told one of his own jokes. Yeah, they said, uh, I thought you got bit by a cobra. Yes, and after five days of excruciating pain, the cobra died. 
That's awesome. That was so awesome. That was that was funny. Yes. But nothing. I mean, there were some funny things in this movie, but nothing. Uh, nothing too crazy. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. I mean, yeah, some over. The, we mentioned probably the most over the top scene in the film was the bar, the biker bar scene. And fighting mm. off the entire the entire gang by himself, of course. Yeah, and that's probably in his contract. You had to get that in there. Yeah, I, it really it really didn't fit with the rest of the movie. I have to destroy every bad guy. Yep. By this, this, is, this is my warm up. Yes. Before the big fight scene. Oh, it was okay. Like I said. Yeah, this film was all right. Um. Where, where where are you recommendable recommendable wise? Where where are you going with this? It's thumbs in the middle. It's not. It's worth one check out just to say, hey, I saw Silent Rage with Chuck Norris and see him actually making love. So you can say that. Otherwise, you don't need to watch this. And there's nothing really remarkable about this film. There's not one scene that really stuck out to me. Other than like we said, him just destroying all the bikers. Yeah, but you know, even with that scene, you could watch that type kind of scene in any of his other films. You get, you yeah, know, probably, 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 who knows? I've probably even done it better in other scenes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it was all right. I've seen this film once before, um, and I thought and I saw it on Tubi. I was like, wow, I haven't seen this movie in a long ass time. I wonder how it, you know, it's, hold, it's held up on me after all these years. So that's why I recommended it. Hmm. Well, definitely better than Ginger Dead Man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this was made in 1982, so yeah, I don't expect a sequel anytime soon. And Chuck Norris has been long retired since then. He only came out of retirement just to do Expendables 2, probably because he went to work with all those guys. Good for him. Yeah, good Yeah, good for him, because they, they utilized him perfectly, exactly the way he needed to, he needed to be used. Correct. And that's going to do it for episode 85 Fractured Skulls. Um, yeah, I'm also in the middle of this film. I don't know if I gave you, if I said I recommend it. Yeah, as you mentioned, I think that's the best way you put it. It's a one-time watch for me as well. It was it was all right, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it left a better taste in my mouth than the previous film we reviewed, so. Yes, it was much easier to sit through. Yeah, and not a long movie as well, only an hour and a half. Yeah, it's longer than the other one. It- didn't feel as long as the other one. Yeah, it was made uh, over 20 years earlier than the other one. And yeah, it was still better paced. Just, it was just a better movie. Yes, 100%. And yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Yay. Yeah, we're on the road to 100. Oh my god. We got to do something big for that one. Yeah, yeah. We got to figure out what we're going to do next episode. Yeah, we'll figure that out later in the week. Mm-hmm. So for uh, Monoxide, I'm Terminator Travis, and uh, I, I I don't have no closing line here. Uh, don't kill anybody. Yeah, take your medication. Take your medication. Yes. <laughs>